This is Unhappy, the podcast series that deconstructs happiness. I am your host, Christian Savard, and I am turning happiness inside out to look at it for what it really is and find out how you can get more of it. In today's episode, we're going to be budgeting how much money you need to buy happiness. The amount may surprise you. If you think a happy life looks like the perfect marriage, a ton of cash, and two kids, think again. Who told you that you needed to have kids? Where did you get the idea that you had to get married, and by a certain age, to have satisfaction in life? And why do you think that if you had more money, all of your problems would be solved? We have been raised to believe that there is an equation for happiness. It was handed down to us from our families, and enforced by messages in our culture and in the media. We all strive to have something like the epic romance we watched on Netflix last night. Our idea of success was instilled in us by Hollywood. We see glamorous celebrities giving speeches as they accept another award. We read about their multi-million dollar estates, and we yearn to be a part of their world as we follow them on social media, clinging on to a dream. There is an idea of a happy life that we are all expected to live up to, and if we do that we are considered to have one life. But do the figures in this happiness equation really add up? Interestingly, the same conclusion has been drawn across multiple studies, and it points to a re-evaluation of what we really need to be happy. In a study, researchers asked over 280,000 people if they were happy. The result? Married couples were happier than everyone else. Marital status, health, and economic activity were the top three things people said made them most happy. Married couples rated their happiness higher than widows and widowers, as well as divorced and separated couples. The results of how single people reported their own happiness landed them as being only slightly happier than people who were divorced. It would seem that whether you're single or divorced, it just means you're not married. According to a 2014 paper by researchers at the Department of Finance Canada and the University of British Columbia, the benefits of being married helps people the most when they're in their 40s. Our happiness is high when we're young, drops alarmingly in our 40s, and then spikes again after retirement. It comes down to work. Ever heard the phrase soul-crushing job? 
As we invest our lives into a constant grind when we're middle-aged, we end up having little time for socializing or to contribute to our marriages. This has a significant impact on our health and happiness. People in their 40s are reported to be unhappier in comparison to their younger or elder counterparts, but marriage eases this dip in satisfaction. In fact, marriage is significantly effective in raising someone's happiness if the partner is also that person's best friend. What studies found was that it wasn't about the marriage, it was about the relationship. Being able to have positive social relationships and a network of support is fundamental to human happiness and well-being. Companionship is critical. Of course children raise our levels of happiness. Why else would we have them? But research on the statistics of life satisfaction shows that whether or not having kids raises or lowers happiness is actually based on the financial situation of the parents. Simply put, low-income parents had a decrease in happiness when having children due to the added financial strain. Parents with a lot of dough reported having an increase in happiness when having children. When we're told that we shouldn't have kids because it is hard, or that we should have kids because it is rewarding, it may be that the kids themselves are not what's hard or rewarding. It seems it all comes down to money, and according to research, children only raise happiness for as long as they do not raise difficulty in paying the bills. What studies also found was that happiness was raised for parents of children under the age of 10. Once children got into their teen years, they were no longer sources of raising their parents' happiness. Ouch. Furthermore, life with stepchildren not only didn't raise happiness levels, but lowered life satisfaction in comparison to parents who were raising their own children. We gotta pour one out for the Brady Bunch. Aside from financial strains, children also pose a host of other stress factors parents must deal with, such as time and energy demands, and a disturbance of work-life balance. Social psychologist Roy Baumeister tells us in his seminal work, Meanings of Life, that there are two peaks of happiness in adulthood. These include the time between one's wedding and the birth of their first child, as well as the time between the departure of the last child from the home and the death of the spouse. So, according to Baumeister, the two peaks of happiness in someone's life is when you're married and not a parent, and then when you're married and not a parent. Good to know. However, in a report by CNN Health, scientists concluded that being the parent of an independent adult has a significant impact on happiness. This was after asking 55,000 people aged 50 and over from 16 European countries about their mental well-being. Humans need relationships to be happy. 
having a close relationship, such as with your children at a time when they are independent of you, can increase a parent's happiness as equally as if they kept in touch with a close group of friends. In the end, children become social support, and social support networks are found to be associated with greater happiness. to the question, does money buy happiness? When you can pay your bills, pay off debts, and afford the time to do what you love, you're going to be happy. What research actually concludes is a budget of how much money, at least in North America, we need to experience an increase in happiness from having it. Beyond that budget cap, there is only slight increases of happiness. This magic number of income happiness currently sits at approximately $75,000 a year. What researchers also found is that money only buys you happiness depending on how you spend it. Purchases increased personal happiness when they were spent on experiences that cultivated social relationships produced memories that contributed to one's identity, or which fell in line with their personal values. So, does being a millionaire make you happy? Yeah, probably. But, according to research, no one needs to be a millionaire to be happy. Whether it is your friends, your spouse, or your independent children, it is the human relationship and having a social support network that has a significant impact on our happiness and well-being. It was surprising to learn just how much having children can impact our happiness, and in a negative way. Maybe this is why millennials have been reported to have some of the lowest statistics for parenthood in comparison to other generations. As social research makes us increasingly aware of what makes us happy and what makes us unhappy, new generations are waking up to how to live the good life. Millennials are ditching diamonds in traditional wedding ceremonies and are focusing on their social networks. Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, and so many other social media platforms have become the new normal in how people connect. Social interaction takes place predominantly by means of an internet connection, and networks grow rapidly through posts, likes, and shares. Take a look at some of current advertising. Have you noticed the introduction of the new concept of family? Nowadays, the family unit is no longer a husband, a wife, and two children. It is now being defined as social units, or a fam. Friends drawn together through common interests, 
single parents, and separated families, or any other grouping that would have previously been viewed as unconventional. And as new generations are discovering, the happiness gained through social connection is priceless. Money can, of course, buy happiness in the form of having your needs met. But beyond that, it depends on how you spend it. Spending money on experiences that cultivate close social relationships is how you can actually buy happiness. I want to thank my listeners for being a part of episode two. Tune in next episode for the series finale, where we will be traveling through time to watch the first comedy show. A lot sure has changed since then, and so has what makes us laugh. I am your host, Christian Savard, and this has been Unhappy. This podcast production was brought to you by cmru.ca. Produced and hosted by Christian Savard, 